This is the Final Flight Podcast for Throwers, sponsored by Track Barn, the home of the best custom backpacks out there. Use the code MEMES15 at trackbarn.com to get 15% off your purchase this track season. Follow them on Instagram at trackbarn. Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to an episode four of the Final Flight Podcast for Throwers. Today, you'll hear Olympic hammer thrower Kibway Johnson. You hear Kibway mentioned in our conversation that he wasn't done competing, but recently announced that he's going to be retiring from throwing the hammer. You'll hear from our conversation how cerebral Kibway is about throwing. It was a great conversation filled with a lot of throwing knowledge, stories of his career, laughs, and also nuggets about fatherhood. You can follow Kibway on Instagram at Martillo Kibway, M-A-R-T-I-L-L-O-K-I-B-W-E. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you aren't already, follow us on Instagram at Memes for Throwers. Have a great day and thanks for listening. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Final Flight Podcast for Throwers. I'm so thankful to have my next guest on who's willing to come on. He's a two-time Olympian participating um, more recently in the 2016 uh, Rio Olympics and in the 2012 London Olympics where he placed ninth. He's one of the most uh, decorated American hammer throwers winning the USA Outdoor Championships in uh, 2011, uh, the trials in 2012, again the championships in 2014 and 2015, and then placing second in the 2010 and then 2016. He's a three-time medalist in the Pan American Games. He's the fourth farthest throw in American history He's a developer of Fortress Performance Coaching Club, and he's the wise master of the Dow of Hammer. He's one of the original followers of Meme for Throwers. He's an amazing father, an amazing husband. Give it up for Kibway Johnson, everybody. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. I don't know what I could say to any of that. (laughs) Dude, it's all good, man. It's like, I, you know, I, I mean... Your name speaks for itself. You don't. We don't have to hype you up too much. Um, but I, you know, I appreciate your time that you came on here. Um, you know, um, it was kind of interesting that uh, you know I, I I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like I didn't necessarily follow a ton of like hammer hammer stuff. Like you know, growing up because in Washington, the state of Washington, hammer wasn't uh, an event that we do up here in high school. Um, and my my throws coach, my senior year, uh, threw at the University of Washington. He came up from California and was a hammer thrower. Um, and it wasn't until around uh, that time that I was kind of, like, interested in that. Um, but uh, talk about your kind of start in that. Like, how did you get started in track and field? Like, w- were you in a state that offers uh, hammer? No. Um, I didn't know what. I had never seen a hammer until I was about a month from graduating high school. I didn't, I didn't know what it was. I was shot disc, football, sprinting. I, that was my kind of junior high life and, and then high school as well. So then what, what kind of, what introduced you to the hammer throw? Like, were you like, what are those people? Cause like he actually, my, my coach tried to, tried to teach me how to throw the hammer. And I mean, I was somewhat successful in it just a little bit, but, I, I had really no interest at that, that time of my career to want to relearn like a new event. Um, I was okay with just kind of sticking with the discus and the shot put, like going into college. Um, but he, you know, kind of talked me into that. But I just, 
I didn't have the motivation to like want to like learn that. So for you, how was how was that transition from from those events that you were you knew to to the hammer? Um, yeah, I mean transitioning like it 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 was it was something else to do. Um, I think at the time I was still kind of young enough and and honestly maybe even um, arrogant enough to just do everything and expect. Uh, amazingness, <laughs> um, which did not occur in Javelin. Side note: so, um, which is which is why I have so much respect for Javelin throwers. For sure. <laughs> anyway, and um, so it it was it was something that I just kind of did, and it probably took a couple of years, maybe, um, before it before it kind of became like part of me I guess like it started out as just something to do so I didn't throw discus all the time you know mm -hmm. um at Georgia with with Don Babbitt and I threw it you know maybe three times a month like that kind of thing so like it wasn't really it wasn't we weren't really training for hammer it was like you know let's not take a thousand throws in discus a, a week kind of thing right um and then yeah another year or so passes and it kind of got a little bit more serious and then I had you know I tell this story like there was about a 12 month period where I had, I think it's three or four of like the all time great throwers tell me that like I should pick one or the other. Okay. Um, <laughs> and for some reason, like it didn't take one, it didn't take two, it wasn't three. Like through that point, I was still like, yeah, no, I could do both. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but for some reason, like that fourth one said it, and the fourth one I think was uh, Wolfgang Schmidt at at Ironwood Camp. I was I was teaching in a counselor. Maybe I was a counselor because I was still pretty young then. Yeah. Um, and we had like it was a pretty short conversation, but like you know, it's 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 a heartfelt thing and. I think, you know, when you've kind of reached those levels, you, you can see things in, in someone. And I think, and so like everyone that told me to pick one or the other, it wasn't like you should pick discus or you should pick camera. It was like, mm. you should pick one and, right. you know, and, and you'll probably see whichever one you pick all the way through. Yeah. Um, so it took a while for me to really feel that I'm a hammer thrower or, yeah. shoot or anything like that. Yeah. So how long of a time span from that first person to the fourth person, that decision, like how long was that? Was that a couple of months? Or was that like a couple of years? Like all in, it was probably, it was probably, yeah, say 12 months, like about a year. Okay. Yeah. That's good. I mean, obviously like, you know, I people saw it. So, go ahead. Sorry. It was, it was Hal Connolly, Mac Wilkins, LJ Sylvester, and then finally Wolfgang. And, just, uh, just a couple of legends. I mean, no big deal. <laughs> right? like, not even, yeah, I don't know. And I had met Lance at that point, but like I was, I wasn't a hammer thrower yet. Like, yeah. Like, so I met him like my freshman year of college and when I wasn't really throwing it. Um, anyway. And the conversation with, with Hal was like, Hey, this is really cool. And at the time I was doing three turns, like you need to you need to start doing four turns. Like your future is four turns, not three. And I'm like, oh yeah, okay, cool. Like actually, you know, my coach and I at the time, it was Coach Mac now at this time, if, if everyone's keeping track and you know <laughs> Coach Bob McKay at Moore Park and uh, or was formerly Moore Park. And um 
He's like, yeah, actually, my coach and I, we're, we're, we're going to switch to four turns uh, next week. And, and we didn't. <laughs> so I saw Hal again at the Yuri Clinic in San Jose. I don't remember how much time passed, like maybe a month. And, um, and I was still doing three turns. And he, he called me over to him, like gave me the finger, like, come on over here. And like seriously cussed me out for still doing three turns. <laughs> I was like, yes, sir. Okay. And then, you know, right from that moment, it was like, I'm doing four turns for the first time, you know, in front of your aesthetic, the world record holder. So that was fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's, that's such a great story. I mean, like, I mean, it's, it's not like, you know, I, I equivalent that like that to like, if like one of my throwers like walked into like just a meet and like just some random person was like, Oh yeah. Like you should like throw, you know, focus on just throwing the shit discus or whatever. It's like not just Joe Schmo off the street. It's like, like these legends that are like, like giving you this advice. It's just like, this is so cool to like think about, um, you know, currently like, you know, you kind of see, you know, the throwers that are kind of like, um, uh, you know, throwing, re you know, right now, currently, do you, do you kind of interject in that way? Like those guys did for you? Like, do you, do you like, do you see those like throwers and say, Hey man, like I, I noticed this, like, do you, you know, maybe focus on, on this. Like, like, do you kind of like, I don't know, invest in that kind of way that those guys invested into you? Mm -hmm. Yes and no. So the, the program that I, you know, thought up and kind of got going Hammer Initiative with USA Track and Field. So in a way, yes. Um, and that is included, you know, it started with, I think I was the only one in the top 50 in the world at the time. Mm -hmm. um, but the program wasn't for me. It was, it was for the guys. I mean, that's how I pitched it at least. And, and thankfully they did it. And, you know, we had, I think, three or four guys in the inaugural year. And now we're like four or four maybe four years into it and like everyone in the program except for maybe one like they're all and not even top 50 like a couple of them are like top 20 you know what I mean wow. so I think like in a way yes like the idea of Hammer Initiative was to kind of be a mentor type of thing it was never to be a coach like that's not what I'm I wasn't insisting on that um mm -hmm. And, and still to this day, it, that's, that's not really what it is. Um, personally, I would say I've gone through kind of like my own, how do I help kind of thing to where it, you know, probably right after I stopped being, you know, number one or number two, where I might've maybe forced information or something but mm -hmm. unsolicited advice that's sure, true for sure yeah so i've gone kind of through my own process where occasionally there was unsolicited advice and but for the most part like where i'm at now is like i'm here and open and ready for anything but i don't think unsolicited advice is very efficient <laughs> and but it's like, and it's, it's supportive, you know what I mean? So it's like, right. I, yeah, I talk about all the, the love and stuff and like, and, and that's what it is, right? Like it doesn't, you know, when I say love, like it's, I'm not, it's not rainbows and butterflies all the time. It's, it's just right. support and I support uh, my event. I support Hammer. I support all the athletes that do it. So like, you know, that means 
it doesn't matter who you coach. It doesn't matter how you throw. It doesn't matter how far you throw. You know what I mean? Like you got my support. And so that's kind of where I'm at. For sure. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it, you know, I think about just like, you know, in my own short, like, you know, tender as a coach and like, you know, leaving a legacy for those kids um, and then, you know, helping them where I can, you know, some of them are picking up to be a coach and they're, you know, pick my brain about like, you know, what does it look like to start a practice? Like, how does I, how do I start? Like, how do I establish this and that? Like you, and so, you know, I'm, I'm open to like giving that advice to those, to those kids, but not necessarily tell them how to, to do everything, you know, about that, but, you know, being, being a support system like you are to, to that. And I, you know, and it's, it's so great that, you know, you're still in it. Like, it's so great to see, like, you know, I, I call them legends because they're, to me, that they're, they're legends that like are in it still like supporting the next generation and, and doing that when, you know, to be honest with you, like you could just be like, well, I had my time. You guys kind of figure out what you want to do. And, uh, you know, I'll kind of be over here by myself, but you know, that's, it's really cool that, and that's what I love about like, you know, track and field in general, like, you know, we're all a community, regardless if we, you know, we're 20 years out of it or, you know, just starting or if you're, you know, professional or retired professional or, you know, middle school kid, like we're, we're all about just trying to help where we can, you know. Um, exactly. <laughs> some I mean, us, someone, go ahead. Definitely thought about like, yeah, I'm good. I'm throw the hammer at my career because like, I mean, it is, it is pretty thankless and, and unless like you know you're okay with thankless yeah it's it's gonna be frustrating <laughs> right exactly yeah it's it's tough though i mean especially like especially in a discipline like hammer you know this is like there's so much you know to knowledge to be known in there like the, as far as the the, the knowledge of, of coaching that's out there is, is probably a little bit slimmer than those who can coach the shot put or you know, the discus, just because I feel like every high school, you know, has those two for sure. I don't know of any high school that does not have like high, like discus or shot put. So, you know, javelin coaches and hammer coaches are, you know, tough to find. So it's really nice when, you know, people who are, who are in it and actually know how to do it, like kind of give back and in that way. So it's just, you know, it's, it's really cool because we need it, you know, and I, I feel like, you know, track and field, you know, as much as you and I love the sport, we always have to fight for, you know, for it all the time, you know, because people don't respect it as much as they should. Yeah. Right. So how, talk about like, how, how was that transition for you, you know, into, you know, full-time track and field athletics? Um, you know, obviously now I, I feel like it's a lot more popularized just because of social media. But back in the day, like when, when you were throwing, and I, I don't want to say like back in the day and make it feel like you're like super old because you're not, and, and I'm not trying to like say it that way, but like, you know, there wasn't a social media out there. There wasn't that like, um, you know, as much YouTube or Facebook or exposure like that. Um, so how, how did you kind of brand yourself like, you know, through the whole process? Like how was that trying to find sponsorship or, you know, just trying to get people to kind of help support your journey? Um, you know, without, without the kind of the, the stuff that we have right now. Where do you want to start first? So how is it, how was training without social media? Yeah. 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 Um, 
uh, it was a lot less uh, frustrating at times, I think. I think training today, you, you almost have to be more strong psychologically. <laughs> no. The, the, the internet is the worst. <laughs> yeah. But it's also the best, you know what I mean? Right, it's, right. For, what did I have? I had VHS, I had, I don't know, 10, 12 VHS tapes. Most of them were like four hours long <laughs> of the classics. Yeah. Uh, I had the ring and I had MacTrack.net. Shout out to Mac. I, I forgot what they changed into. Track, track Shark. That's a good pool. <laughs> anyway, um, and that was just like a, you know, a database for like all, you know, results and things like that. So like I looked at a lot of lists, you know what I mean? And so like the, and, and the other thing about me too is like, it's just a pure interest in track and field. Like I don't just look at hammer, I don't just look at throws. Like I love track. And yeah. Like, and that's just more instilled in me. Cause that's just how my family's been, you know, since I could talk, walk and run. Right. Um, so I, I think that man, because like, I mean, yeah, there was, there was some crap talking on, on the ring, like occasionally, but like, it's not really that bad. Right. Like, you know, today you post something and it's going to get cut down almost always. For sure. Um, and so, you know, again, like we said before, like, unless you're uncomfortable or unless you're comfortable with like that kind of thing when, when like, and that's thankless as well. And, and comfortable with someone lending their, unsolicited opinion to something that they know nothing about yeah it's going to be really frustrating um yeah you know and that that's something i would say like for young kids to learn and the earlier you learn it the better but it's never too late either right yeah it almost seems like you know back in you know the day before social media you know you know, first of all, you were able to focus more because there wasn't that distraction that was out there. But then also, like, you know, you had to focus on you. There wasn't like the comparison game. Like you, 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 you know, you see someone like post a big throw, and you're like, oh man, like now I gotta like, you know, go out there and do that. And you know, it's back and forth, which is kind of a. I mean, it's good. It's good and bad, right? Like, you know, we we all want to like, you know, be the best and compete to to be the best that we can. And it's motivating to see other people that, you know, reach those goals. But sometimes that kind of throws you off because you're trying to focus on something else. And then, you know, that can kind of throw you a little bit because you're, you're too much into the comparison game that everybody's, you know, sending you the DM of like someone's throw and be like, hey, when do you or like the max lift? And now you feel like you got to like, you know, improve, improve and improve yourself in that way. Yeah. And, and I mean, yeah, there's definitely, yeah, people do that probably more people than not do that. Um, personally, at least on an individual level, like I never, I never cared about that. It, it mm. was, it, it was never a motivator. The motivator for me was kind of generally speaking, I just wanted to crush everybody. <laughs> and, but like, even that was, you know, again, in hindsight, and you know, I'm older and I'm a dad and all this other stuff. And yeah, like it's not, it, it, um, it doesn't sustain as well. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, you, you can run, you can run an, an engine on like hate and, and that sort of thing. 
but it's going to stall. Like it always. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of, so that's part of like, you know, what I talk about now, like there's there, you can motivate yourself in almost any way, but there's really only one way that like, it's probably a truer, stronger form of motivation and also way more consistent. And that's just kind of being good with yourself, content, happy, you know what I mean? Everything yeah. rolls off of you and that, and, and that doesn't really include, you know, tricks and, you know, descriptions and all other kind of things that like are meant to like help you get over it or, you know, the seven mental tricks to, you know, tackling these things and like, and I participate in that a little bit too, but ultimately like the goal from my perspective is, is not needing all that. It's, it's, it's basically just about a state that is just natural, but you don't have to do anything too. Mm-hmm. And I come from the perspective that everyone has that state, everyone is that state, but what happens is we're just covered and covered and covered with, with BS. Right. External, outside sources, you know what I mean? And just um, how you've lived and words that other people say, you know what I mean? And then that just all gets dumped on you. And, right. and you know, lo and behold, like your true essence is buried under 25 layers of crap. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's tough, especially this day and age. I mean, like, I mean, we we all want to like make people happy, right? And it's hard, like, when you have a hundred people, you know, that are speaking to you from so many different ways. And you imagine why some of these kids, number one, get burnt out so fast because of the expectations that are laid upon them, and then B, you wonder why some kids like are the way that they are and they shut off from the world. And when that stuff kind of gets taken away from them, they don't know who they are anymore because what they've all known is now gone. And now they feel like they've left, you know, they don't have anything. They feel like they left everybody down, like let everybody down. And, and now they are left with, well, now what do I do? And yeah, you know, that's, that's a really scary, you know, conversation after, things like that happen right like for you when you transitioned for that like when you you know decided that you were going to be kind of done professionally um was that a tough decision for you or was that decision made for you or like how how was that process for you um uh to kind of be like okay well i'm just gonna i'm gonna hang up the the wire and i'm just gonna you know move on from that So first, I haven't officially retired yet. Okay. All right. Hey, that's good to hear, man. Honestly, that's good to hear. Time papers. It's it's got to be official. Okay. But anyway, so so that said, like it's my last competition was World Championships in 2017, and and I kind of knew that was going to be my last competition with the expectation that I was going to come back for 2020 with an asterisk saying, unless I had a job or, you know what I mean? A boss where they were like, yeah, no, we don't want you doing that. Um, Because at that point it was always like, I want to come back. I'm, you know what I mean? I'm motivated and I'm definitely going to, and I, you know, I feel like I can have um, still the success to rival what I had before, right? These are all things that were like, yes, like I can do that, you know? Um, 
but I would not have done that at the expense of basically like my career. Like if I was, if, you know what I mean? If I was set into what I know I was doing post, um, you know, hammer throw, like at that, at that point, hammer wasn't worth it, I guess. Um, to, to make that decision anyway. So long story short, like I stopped throwing essentially it's kind of sounds bad to say it, but like, cause I was bored. So like, it, it didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't terribly hard at, at that time to make a U.S. team um, for me, right? So like at, at those last couple of years of my career, I was throwing 75, 76 as a season best every year, every season. And that was good enough to make the team. And when I got to a point where I was internationally relevant i kind of made the promise to myself like it's in my journal like i wrote it down right i made the promise to myself that i wasn't going to stay around in track and field and keep throwing simply to make teams i knew like that wasn't that wasn't what my that wasn't what my goal was and i think i actually forgot that it just kind of clicked again you know when 2017 kind of came around i was like yeah you know i'm, I'm kind of good you know what i mean so mm -hmm. like and I've, I've had that conversation a couple of times where, especially when I started throwing again, where people were thinking like I stopped because like I couldn't do it or something. I was like, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> like, I was still throwing and like, you know, for me, pretty far at the time. Um, but it just wasn't like that, that challenge is like, challenge is, is what I needed, right? It needed to be like fun again in a way that felt like you know what I mean? Climbing like that ladder to getting to that level of relevance. Yeah. Um, anyway, that was a long answer. No, I mean, like, you know, it, it reminds me of like Michael Jordan, you know, he wins his third title, said nothing to prove, you know, tries whatever. And, you know, then he's like, I'm, I'm going to come back. So, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, Kid Waste come back, man. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for that. Like, see that you know see that happen and you know see, you know 2020 has been a year so now you're like uh, i don't know it, it was happening and then yeah yeah so I, I'm, it's, it's not an announcement or anything now but it's yeah know, it's, it's, for sure <laughs> for sure but yeah you know, I, you know obviously you know you still look like you still got a man for sure <laughs> yeah well, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> that's good man um I mean, what, what, what are some of your favorite memories of like, you know, do you, do you have a favorite um, Olympic that you were a part of like 2012 or 2016? Like do you, what, what are some of the memories that you remember and cherish like through that, or even just like conversations that you had with other athletes to be able to be amongst those that were not necessarily in the, in the track room or even those who are in the track room that, that you remember having conversations with and, and, and doing that. Um, while, while on those teams and, and experiencing those things in London and in Rio? Um, that's a big question too. So there's nothing like the Olympics. And 2012 and 2016, well, you know, I'd venture to say every Olympic Games are amazing in their own right. So I can't really pick a... One or the other, other as a favorite, except for maybe 
attendance. That, that's the only thing that I'm like, uh, the, the attendance in Rio was like not very great. A lot of it had to do with fear mongering in my opinion. And a lot of it had to do with like, right. well, just whatever. Um, as in, in London, like every single session, morning session, evening session was always sold out. Um, so that, that was really incredible. <clears throat> um, what was the other part? Anyway, yeah. So, you know, me memories and like maybe conversations that you had with, uh, you know, people while at the Olympics that you just, that will, you'll never forget that maybe you'd be cool to share. <clears throat> well, one that I'll never forget is um, kind of when I first got to the game. So, you know, typically you go to, you know, Team USA training camp and you're, you're there. It's basically kind of like a holding camp before everyone as a, as a track and field delegation arrives to the, to the village. And so this is of course, like when I'm training with Dr. B, so we already kind of have our, our little group. And so we did our training camp in Portugal that year. So I was, I was in my home training group in Portugal for a month. And the last week of which like we, so we weren't on site in London for the opening ceremonies or like basically like the first couple of days. Right. So, I wasn't with the rest of my track, you know, family, I guess, or at least the, the US ones. And so when I arrived, right, you do the check-in process and, you know, you get your badges and you meet with USOC representatives and USA Track and Field representatives. And it's all, it's, it's great, right? Cause it's like, it's the Olympic games, it's the vibe. Everyone's like buzzing and feeling good. It's just, it's, just, it's, it's incredible. And so I, I get all of my things and, and that's the other thing too, you get like, the some of the remainder of the gear like it's delivered essentially so i had to pick that right. stuff up and and so i'm with uh a couple of the usa track and field people and we get in the elevator to like go you know essentially to like the suites that where i was living and the elevator is like a couple other guys and michael phelps <laughs> and so and he's tall and i like i kind of look over at him and i'm like giving him with the head and i'm like up <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> it was like so and it, it just stands out so clear to me because i was i was so single-mindedly training basically as if it was another meet which right. like it still is right right but like to arrive on site you know what i mean like it's not it's not like i i flew to you know tucson and showed up for tucson elite meet, you know what i mean but right. like essentially you know in a way how it was, but then I hop into this elevator and you see, you know, the most decorated swimmer of all time. And it's like, yeah, no, this is Olympic games. Okay. This is different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so stuff like that is different. Like there's, there's nothing quite like uh, games. So Pan American games as well is in, is in that. And well, those are the only two for us, I think for Americans. I mean, um, because like the whole world of sport comes together like there's again there's nothing quite like it and, and so like my you know my advice whether you're an athlete or not like go go to the olympics make it happen save money go <laughs> yeah being in an elevator and like there's michael phelps you know just right there and you know just hey man like all right cool like <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. like it's like you know it's like however long because like again like that camaraderie of being in the games and and you know everyone wears their their standard issue like Team USA gear that everyone has. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like the the icebreakers like they don't even need to exist anymore. You just start talking to people. It's, 
Yeah, that's awesome, man. Like, were you able to see see him actually swim? Like, in a, were you um, able to take? Not in. No, actually, you know, I, I have seen some Olympic games swimming, but like not, none of the two games that I was at actually. Okay. Ninety-six, I saw a good bit of swimming. Got it. You know what? What was? What do you think the difference was between? You know, if you feel comfortable talking about it with. You know, 2012 and, and 2016, because you know, 2012, you, you know, you made you made the finals, and you you played, you know, you finished ninth, and then 2016, um, you know, just was a different result. Um, you, you know, can you maybe you know kind of talk about that, or, or if you feel comfortable? Uh, so side note, it was eighth officially because they okay, okay, got it. <laughs> um. The difference, I mean, yeah, I don't know, life, like two different kind of games, two different um, bodies really at that point, you know what I mean? You, you kind of, all you can do is the best that you can do on the day. Um, 16 was interesting. 16 stands out as one of the strangest meets I've ever competed in because I, it, I, was, I, was, I was in good shape. <laughs> um, that year, I think the automatic qualifying line was 76.50 maybe. And my second warm-up throw hit the tape. Oh. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're good here. <laughs> you know what I mean? And also kind of knowing like just kind of where the state of the competition was that year, like it kind of being down. Like I went into it fully expecting to throw um 78 like in finals and being in the mix for a medal and like and guess what like that's what happened so like it, the end of res result of not making finals and then it basically going exactly how i predicted i was not happy about that <laughs> yeah. but like, you know what can you do really right. um yeah that was strange i wish i could have it back but i can't it's life yeah uh 2012 was a bit different i was actually 2012 in a way was even harder because 11 was was so amazing and and you know culminating in the Pan American Games record of just short of 80 meters like in late October. Mm -hmm. I'm like that was that was pretty frustrating too. And then like my daughter was born and oh, I don't know stuff just kind of went haywire in terms of how I was reacting to the training. That's a long, kind of boring story, but ultimately, like things that had I had grown to to be accustomed to in terms of like what I knew was going to happen and when, like in, in terms of tracking training, uh, it just wasn't happening that way anymore. And it and it took the majority of the season to rein it in enough to um, to do the best that I could come Olympic Games, and so you know. For the first little while, it was just pure shit. And then Olympic trials was fine. I think that was like 74, 98, which again was crap because I was going in. In 2011, I was going in wanting to break just Olympic game or Olympic trials record, which is like 80.01 or 80.11 or something like that. And mm -hmm. like, and that's a special one because like, you want to get the opportunity every four years. Like, that's, that's, that's going to be a, you know, something to hold for a while. Although the way that the guys are going, that might go down next year anyway. Um, so I wouldn't have had it that long anyway. <laughs> but um, 
yeah it you know at the end of the day like it's tracked like what i'd love for the olympics to be in 2011 yeah <laughs> what i love for for the continued you know upward rising of how, how my training was going and how my results were going to go deep into 2012 yeah to not fall out in 16 yeah but you know it's life yeah yeah i just uh you know it's interesting and you know it's you know from my perspective i just you know obviously you know the the great the, the greatest meet that i ever you know competed in was probably a big invite you know down in oregon and you know you know that was, that was kind of like my you know my one but you know, it's interesting when you get to that level of a professional, um, once you kind of get over the, you know, yeah, initial like, oh, man, like I'm at the Olympics or or maybe it doesn't go that way. And I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but like it just seems like you just kind of compete at a meet because it's just another meet that you're competing at. So is, is that like the mindset as you as you were, you know, later on in your professional career, like the I mean, obviously you respect the fact that like you're at the trials, you respect the Olympic Games, but like when you were you know, you know, growing up, you know, worldwide competing internationally, where was your mindset just like, hey, is this is just another meet that I'm at just competing? Uh, I mean, yes and no. Like, I mean, there's, there's definitely, it's, there's a dynamic to it that kind of has to be experienced and lived through, which is why it's so important for us as Americans to travel and go compete against other people, because it is a bit of a, for the most part, not, not for everyone, but it is for the most part, a bit of a shock to show up to a world's or an Olympic games and you've never competed against anyone else besides all the dudes that you already know, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. Typically a very strong way to, to, to make an entrance, you know? Right. That was another thing that we kind of, a critical factor that we wanted to address with hammer initiatives. Anyway, not that I'm trying to plug that or anything. I don't, it's all <laughs> work. I don't get paid for it. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like th to a certain degree, like there is like, this is just another meet, but like, yeah, you still want to use that energy. There's still energy there to be used to, you know, to help you train and things that just feel good, but it just kind of aligns itself. Like, so for me, like I never like, well, I don't know, maybe I did. And I just don't really know, but you know, even going back with like Judd and I can only, I can only remember it with Judd and, and Dr. B. But like, you know, that last program going into whatever the major was, like my body typically hummed. Like I knew I was, and humming is like the best word I can come up for or to come up with that described how I felt. Mm -hmm. And things just kind of started lining up again, whether it be like technique getting better and results being consistent, results for me at least, we're never really all that far going into, um, going into a peak or however you want to say it. So, you know, I don't know. That's, that kind of answers that. Like, yes, it's, it's just another meet, but also, you know, the focus needs to be even more narrow, essentially just kind of following your Instagram page and, and the things that you've done over the past couple of years and very, you're very cerebral minded, um, you know, person, you know, which is good. And you, and you kind of have a lot of these, you know, the, the Dow of the hammer, like, you know, things that you put out there, those little nuggets, like that stuff like comes to you, like, 
like through things that you see or just like things that you've experienced? Um, maybe kind of talk, touch upon, you know, how the, how the, how the Dow, I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right. Yeah, <laughs> properly. Uh, how that, how that comes about, like when you're in your mindset, like, um, you know, walk us through maybe the process of like how those, how those come about. Um, it just kind of comes around. So, I mean, you know, we've, we've, we've touched on my age and my training age, right? So that's a lot of throws that I've taken, <laughs> especially in the Vonderchuk years and, you know, training 10 times a week, you get some throws in, you get a whole lot of experience. Um, and if you take the time and, you know, and kind of have the discipline to like, reflect internally um i gotta believe more people would have similar thoughts and feelings and, and on one hand I, I do think that's happening which which i think is kind of cool it's it's actually not what my intention is <laughs> my, my intention is to kind of share what i'm sharing as 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 my experience right uh, and so, but I do think that everyone can have that experience, but I'm, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not over here or, or way up here. <laughs> this is, this is how it is. This is what you need to do. Yeah. If, if it's anything, I'm below and saying like, you know, try this or think about this or, or anything else. Cause ultimately what it is, is, is doing it for yourself. It's very, yeah. It is, a, you know, a thing like. I think, I mean, <clears throat> I kind of poke my, poke fun on myself with, you know, my little hashtag and this is the way, but like, it's not, it's not a way because I'm not telling you what to do. <laughs> 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 it's like the way is like, the way is your way if, if right. really, for really, you know, being literal about it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The, those, I mean, there's, some of them are so simple that I'm just like, oh man, that makes so much sense. Like, you know, like. <laughs> the way that you just you write it down just like man it's so simple like i mean yeah like why 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 wouldn't that you not think about that so um, um, more, i've also I, heard like i wonder if you know maybe this kind of started because so like dr b like knows english and, and understands english but it's i don't know he doesn't he just doesn't use a lot of words and so, you know, again, you know, you're training 10 times with the man, you're seeing him, you know, twice a week or twice a day, every day. Like, that's a lot of time that you're being instructed to do something with as little words as possible. Yeah. So, so then how do you figure out how to do it? You know what I mean? Like right. if you have that personality that like you, you need coach to tell you everything to do. Well, those personalities don't work well with Dr. B. Right. Yeah, the the sometimes it's the, the like you said, like the more simple you break it down, the less that you try to overthink it is probably the best way to do it. Um, you know, one of the things that you had posted that I really, I think, kind of opened the eyes for for me as a coach to kind of understand and have people think about that um, is the one that you talked about the dynamic of masculine and feminine energy um, and that and. Um, you know, maybe I know you kind of wrote a post about that, but maybe you can take an opportunity to kind of maybe explain, um, you know, kind of like, you know, first of all, like how that came about for you and that mindset to kind of think of it that way. 
um, and then kind of maybe explain uh, for those who who hadn't seen the post um, that what that what that means because I think it's I think it's really important. Um, <clears throat> I think the the first time I, the first time it was just a tweet, and so I got the impression for the most part I wasn't really understood. And, you know, okay, fine, whatever, and I just kind of left it at that. Um, but then, yeah, I don't know, something just kind of. I don't remember what it was, but something kind of inspired me to think about that again. And then when I thought about it again, like I had the post written in like, you know, five minutes, like that kind of thing, and then, you know, and it's out. Um, why? I don't know, again, you know, just like things are just a bit more in terms of my own personal interests. And, and I'm finding now that just about everything is lining up or it shares kind of a backbone and, and that backbone is kind of like consciousness and energy and, and I don't know, fill in the blank, right? Mm -hmm. So understanding that, at least in terms of masculine and feminine, there is, there is an, an energy at play to be able to work with your implement because the implement is on its face external, but it, it you know, ideally it shouldn't be, you know what I mean? The movement should be as if you were one, but you know, how do you do that when you're holding on to something? Right. So it's like, mm -hmm. it's like, it's a lot of these, like, you know, on, you know, one might think is like a mind puzzle and like, and it kind of is, but like also not really, you know, um, you know, so I think a, a good example is like, Oftentimes, you know, an athlete, when they want to throw farther, they just try harder and, and, try, and trying harder, like that's a lot more root strength and a lot more tension and all of these things. Well, mm -hmm. but that's not, and of course that would align more with masculine energy and that's not um, the most efficient way to do it. Like there has to be a little bit of give to allow, so speaking about hammer specifically, to allow the ball, the energy to kind of transfer into the ball to go around. Like the, inner, the, the ball needs to turn you, it needs to turn the body. If the body is turning the ball, like it's, that's, that's not connection, that's just kind of spinning around in circles. Um, not kind of, that's, that's what it is. And, and that's something that's like, kind of interesting for people to, to wrap their head around. And it was, it was kind of a while for me, like it's something that I thought about for a while before I even uttered it like publicly as with a lot of these hammer things. And then again, like, you know, the self-confidence and it was, it was a matter of like self-confidence and then also just kind of being comfortable sharing. Basically I'm sharing experiences and observations. I'm not sharing to, you know, teach or tell or, or, okay make anyone do something it, so it's for me personally it was a matter of perspective and how i'm sharing what i'm sharing and so i at once i once i kind of thought about that like you know everything went again like i think there was there was damn near a year where i wasn't posting very much at all and then all of a sudden it was like <laughs> anyway um there was something else i wanted to add but i have forgotten do you have a follow-up question on that well, no, because it's, it's interesting because like, you know, without even necessarily knowing, you know, what terms to use as a coach, because I'm always telling kids to relax, 
let the body move, but yet you have to like, you know, there needs to be energy behind, you know, the implement that you're throwing. But if you, if it's too much to where it's like that masculine energy, where you're talking about that tensing, you can't move, like your body can't move. So like, it's like you, you had it so quick, like, like so clearly that like there needs to be a balance between, yes, like we have to have that masculine energy, but that there has to be that feminine flow for the body or energy for the body to be able to move. So that, that like you said, there has to be a corresponding ratio. They have to work together for the, for the throw, no matter what the, the, the like whether, whether it's hammer discus, you know, shot or javelin, like there has to be this balance of, of that. So well, I mean, that's the best word. Like, it's not, it's not, it's not to say like, you know, 50, 50, that's, that's not really what it means. What it means is balance, <laughs> you know, and I can yeah. or whatever, you know, whatever numbers you want to use, but, um, yeah. Yeah. So, so no, so no, I mean, obviously you probably already, already knew these things, but like, do you think that like, whenever, I mean, when the comeback is was happening or like when you start to pick that up again like um just being able to write these things down and to have these do you do you think that's gonna shape you differently as far as like how you're throwing or or are all or are all these already kind of in place um already for you like have you or have you been already been doing that and now it's just coming out as as like verbally uh, i mean a bit of both yeah i mean i was kind of on a dark hammer tip for at least the last year or two that I was throwing and then but also what really helped was um coaching my high school squad and and so being able to to talk about hammer you know what I mean in communication like those guys are really amazing and and yes we're I'm going to talk kind of technical but like what's more valuable in my opinion is, is just asking questions about like what's going on and, and what they're feeling because you know what I mean? Like push the hammer into the sector and, and step like there is a time for that, but that time is, is pretty much gone after like, I don't know, the first two days, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Right. Let's, let's move it on. And, um, you know, shout out to my, my hammer squad man i have five seniors this year and they all went d1 yeah let's awesome, look those guys out man they they did an incredible job with what was barely in the season dude that's <laughs> awesome man yeah you may, maybe we can kind of transition to that talk about like how the covid's you know season kind of affected that for you like all the coaches who coach high school and even college athletics have been affected by that like how, how has that been for you i know that you know, we, we did a little bit of like, you know, promoting the uh, fortress uh, performance, you know, coaching thing. Um, and you had your uh, clinic that you had for, um, which was the conference, that which was awesome. Um, you know, kind of maybe how, how has COVID kind of affected that whole thing for you? Obviously, you kind of touched a little bit of a, on your training, but also how that affect like your coaching Um Well, it's, it's, it's affected it. Yeah. I mean, it's, but it's, it's one of those things where it's kind of affected everyone. I think at that time, like we were in Florida then and, and um, so we, we had like a couple of competitions in and, but it was, 
it was really disappointing because we got the we got word like seriously we were about to board the plane for indoor nationals like six or maybe it was eight hours later you know and it was like wow. new balances canceled and it was like are you kidding me <laughs> like two of my guys are doing so far right now um anyway but like you know that's life and it's not it's 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 the same thing like if 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 I'm going into all these things expecting something's going to happen, like I'm just going to be mad and angry and crotchety. Like 2020 is the year to to learn that if there ever was a year. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, maybe speak upon like what 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 are some of the um, the obstacles that you know hammer throwers right now, or even Olympic you know professionals are going through right now that that you had as a luxury. Not I don't want to say luxury, but that you had obviously when you're training without the pandemic that's happening that they're facing right now. Um, you know, cause for, for people who don't necessarily know what, what you guys go through, maybe you can kind of speak upon, you know, how, you know, what are the obstacles that you would probably face if you were, if you were you know, training for an Olympic year as, as a lot of the athletes are doing right now. Well, first I'd say it starts with motivation. I mean, it's, it's, um, I'll say harder. It's harder to devote everything to something that you don't know is happening. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, you know, there's training and there's kind of doing a thing and then there's training for the Olympics. Like it's, it's different. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of been in the game long enough to reach a position where it's even remotely possible to make a team understands, you know what I mean? So like, First couple of years out of college, you know, and I'm, I don't know, let's say at this time, top 10 in the U.S. or something. Or actually, since I was an older college guy, this is younger now, but anyway. <laughs> top 10 in the U.S., like that's not a, you're not making a team when you're, you know, 10th or 9th in the U.S., in, in, in right. Amherst, especially, right? And, um, and so it was more, I mean, it's just a different motivation. Like you're, you know, you train, it's, it doesn't mean that you're not taking it seriously, but there is a, there's a different level. There's an, an oomph. <laughs> there's a bit more stink on it, if you will, when, it, when it's an Olympic year, you know, you can make it and, and upon making it, you know, you can do well. Right. Um, so for, for it to basically be a question whether or not they're going to even happen is not something that I would wish on any, any athlete. Yeah. So, I mean, so that, you know, that was long winded, but then there's also, I mean, training itself, like logistically, man, like all of these places to train are, are shut down and as hammer throwers specifically, well, let's say long throwers, right? Like it's already hard enough for people to find places to train and for facilities to pretty much be you know what i mean you can tell you see it in on instagram and social media like people are throwing off of streets and, right. <laughs> and parking yeah. lots and all these other things which which are things that i've done before like because you know you're on a road trip or something like that and you're draining and like the mood strikes to go throw something you throw it right but that's for fun <laughs> right exactly that's for, for stories to like share amongst your buddies. Like that, right. I never had to do that to like train for the actual Olympics. Like that's, right. um, so like I give, you know, the, the ones that are out there doing it now, the boys and girls, like I give them props. That's, that's, 
that's an experience that I never had to live through personally. Um, right. And they deserve it. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's almost like, you know, shot putters kind of have the advantage during this kind of pandemic a little bit because, you know, they can just put up a tarp or, you know, throw indoors and they're able to, you know, sling it, you know, just as full speed as, but not as like, you know, maybe discus throws a little bit if you have the facility to put up like a tarp or something like that. But, you know, but hammer. Like it might even out because then, you know, I don't, you know, parts of the country like the gyms are closed and the shot putters probably need more of that than anyone else too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's true. That's true. Unless you're like Joe Kovac who's got a whole home gym like downstairs in their basement. Home gyms, yeah. <laughs> um man, hey, I gotta give you props too, man. Like I love the fact that like you always post stuff uh or maybe you share stuff that your wife, you know, posts about you guys and and like the things that you guys do, all, you know, all the time. You guys seem like have dancing parties, and you know, <laughs> she 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 so she sort of kind of roasts you sometimes on on social media. You, you're, you know, you're a good sport about that. But you know, I just love seeing that. I mean, I want to give you props for being, um, you know, out there and doing those things because you know, part of being an athlete, you know, you know, is, is one thing. But you know, to, to for what I mean, for what I see on, on Instagram, and you know, you you know being a good husband and, and, a, and a good father. I mean, uh, you, you are, um, you know, you're, you're a, a mentor and, uh, um, a just, just a good advocate for that. And, um, so I appreciate, I just appreciate that. Cause it's just cool to see, cause some people kind of keep that stuff kind of private, but, um, I appreciate you, you putting that stuff out there, the good and the bad for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's, I'm a fan of like, the experience and I feel like the experience should be whole again it comes down to balance I would say yeah and you know social media is probably pretty notorious for only sharing one side of the story and I don't know I mean I haven't really honestly I haven't really got into like too much of like the bad or the frustrating things that have been going on with me but like you know it's out there you, people can probably tell yeah. <laughs> close enough <laughs> yeah um you know i got a question you know just a fatherhood question for you because you, you have two girls and I'm, I'm a father of three girls you know raising your daughters and stuff like that like uh I've, i'm pretty sure i know the answer to, to the question but you know i just want to kind of give you opportunity to do that but like being an olympian and like just reaching that high level um you know just kind of like you know will you obviously try to encourage your girls to to participate like in sports like how does that you know have you thought about that kind of aspect of of like kind of sharing that because it's kind of interesting you know you kind of get those questions all I'm sure you get questions like that all the time like you know oh your girl's gonna be Olympians like <laughs> the most common one is like are, are they gonna do hammer and yeah I like to joke around and be like nope but like that's not really how I feel yeah I will encourage sport and physical activity i will not insist on anything probably right yeah Yeah. like they want to do they want to do hammer great you don't want to do hammer great you know it's fine um but i think like kind of the process would be really fun to see like what they are going to be interested in I, i do think well at least right now right she's eight but like brooklyn does 
seem to really enjoy like running and track. So, and most of her life, like, and she's grown up, you know, they've both been at and around the track all the time, right? And so, right. you know, Brooklyn's like, I want to run, jump, and throw. I'm like, well, you want to be a hip athlete then, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's that simple. So, like, I mean, I don't know. I could also see her now, like, I mean, she's still growing and just just stretching out. Like, she might be a two, four. Really, yeah. <laughs> an interesting placement. So, like, with her friends, she never, we never really, like, saw them play that much you know what i mean like with us yeah sure but with other kids not really um but like since she's been here it's it's the the play has been a little bit different and like and there's been a couple of times when like she's kind of put on the afterburners to like go catch another kid or something and it's like like that's that looked amazing <laughs> yeah. yeah just as long as going ruby i feel like ruby will be more of a team sport maybe and okay maybe even something that has contact in it <laughs> uh but i don't know I, she, yeah i don't know she might i mean she's so she's five and it, it, everything's is still possible there so i i don't even think of but she's really fast like yeah. you know for five six six-year-olds like she's really fast so yeah uh, we'll see i wouldn't mind seeing her sprint and it to other kids her age. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's just, you know, I, I had the opportunity to talk to Michelle Carter and, you know, cause she kind of shared her story about how she got in the track and field. And it was funny because everybody knew what her dad was, what did, you know, yeah. everybody knew what her dad did, but she was kind of clueless about like what her dad did because he never like necessarily even talked about it until like, you know, she was like, okay, what did you, like, why is everybody telling me like about you? And then he like, you know, told her what, you know, what he did. And so like, you know, what, like for you, like, do your daughters understand, you know, you know, daddy was a two-time, two-time Olympian? I mean, I would say they don't understand, they don't really understand, like, what that means, right? Like, mm. they, they don't know the context behind that. Yeah. But I mean, like, being a, I don't know the actual numbers, but like, that's a rare thing, right? And right. So, but she knows that I'm an Olympian. Um, a lot of it has to do with like she was there like Brooklyn's been to the first and the second you know and right um and Ruby to the second so that's kind of yeah like where it ends and it's it's kind of it's kind of humorous sometimes and you know it's it's yeah I don't know and, and it, it'll kind of either be talked about directly or indirectly like me versus someone else you know right. that she knows or like one of her teachers or something and it's like oh yeah you know that's yeah. really that's really great like trying to support her but it's like but it's it's but it's like you know your mom and dad are like pretty kick-ass yeah <laughs> uh well, well you know maybe you'll you'll learn it later but it's it's one of those situations where like it doesn't really matter what's kind of going on like they don't really get it anyway yeah <laughs> like it's funny that, they don't yeah and that just comes down to like being your kid like you know it, it just it just kind of goes right over their head unfortunately and, and why that's a rather large exercise um for us as parents and it's the same thing and, and the other thing why it's so fascinating to me is like it's, it's damn near the same relationship as as coaches to athletes too right, right. so like, 
you know, when, when an athlete's kind of doing that, like, you know, you gotta let that go. Like if you, if you puke your ego all over your athlete, like it's not going to be a very good relationship right? or a sustainable one. Right. I mean, it's, it's, sure. it's again, it's the same conversation where like, yeah, you know, you could probably have a decent relationship for a little while, but it's going to end. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You could pull the hammer and, and throw it as strong and as fast as you possibly can. Yeah. But like, why? It's, it's, you, you know what I mean? Your ceiling is lower than it is if you, you know, do it quote correctly. Right. Yeah. Kid, kid, your kid, my kids, your kids, especially they're, they're the, they're the ones that humble, humble us the, the most. Cause you know, you know, they, they don't care about your accolades. They don't, they don't care about your distances and the things that we kind of hold on to. And, you know, they just, they just want to know, you know, do you like my drawing? Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, can you, play, can you play old maid and go fish with me? Like, yeah. Stop talking about this stupid hammer and go fish with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, hey man, I appreciate the time that we've had, and I, I just want to kind of clo- close this out with just uh, like I call them like, just kind of fun questions, and uh, just to kind of get to know have people kind of get to know you a little bit. Um, you know, there one question I like to ask. Um, you know, everybody is like, do, do you have kind of like a quirky uh, kind of a night before or like day of uh, comp routine that you kind of did? Like, I always share with with the people that I'm on that I I, I used to take my uniform and like lay everything out on the floor as if I was uni- wearing it. So like, I put my jersey, then my shorts, and then like a couple of feet down with my socks, and then my shoes, like like where my feet would go, and then if I was wearing a headband or, or an armband that day, like they would go like kind of like on the fake body on the floor type of thing. So did you kind of have anything like a, like a quirky, like little routine set up that you, that you do that, that kind of made you feel like, like, like right. And if maybe if like you didn't do it, you were kind of, kind of feeling a little off. Yeah. I had some, I had some quirks over the years. Um, they got fewer and fewer as I got older, but like the ones that I remember, like I used to do a similar thing too. Like I'd have my neat uniform and everything picked out, like folded up, you know, as, as neatly as I could. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and placed that on like a, you know, on Wednesday or Tuesday of, of the Friday, Saturday meet. Um, another thing I used to do at this time too, is I would paint my hammer like every week and, I'd, and it was a theme. And like, I used to get like little, Sticker, so but so it was always like a comic book kind of character. So like I had a Batman one and a Superman nice. one. I did, I did one that was green once and um, stuff like that. So anyway, but that that didn't last that long. Um, the one that probably stuck with me to the very end is is I don't know if it's really a quirk or a superstition or anything, but I don't like touching my hammer before I mm. throw it. So like. You know what I mean? Like the day before and most certainly the day of, like I don't like to touch it. <laughs> and it kind of it kind of came from like I want I want the feeling of it being light and Ooh. it feels light when I'm ready to throw it. Yeah. So like carrying it to the venue and all that stuff, I don't like doing that. <laughs> or I'll do it, but I and if I have to, and then again, right? And if you have to, then you just do it, right? But like right. It, so if I had to, I always had like a clip or something to like clip it together because it, it's a different feel versus when it's, you know, right, straight, straight, out. Down. Right. Like straight out, 
it should be thrown. If I can't throw it, then I don't, I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> exactly. Um, you, other than one I like to ask is, you know, kind of, kind of fun ones, but do you have any embarrassing throwing stories that you remember? Like things that were like, oh man, I can't believe I did that. Uh, other than throwing hammer period. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. Not really. I mean, I've fallen a whole lot throwing hammer and discus. That's yeah. that embarrassing. I've probably had two. I mean, I've had some of that too. In high school, I can't remember when my discus went you know, behind me. Um, <laughs> uh, my freshman year at Georgia, the way that the, the throwing ring or the net, I mean, is kind of situated. I like released it early <clears throat> and then it, and you know, it has like the two like large posts mm. and I hit the one and it ricocheted off and hit the other and it dented both of them. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, Coach Babbitt, I don't know if many of you, well, most of you probably know him and you know, he has that kind of like nasal sign. He was like, ooh. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. <laughs> and it's like, I'm, I'm a freshman. Like, this is like, yeah. football, you know, I've never thrown this stupid event before. Yeah. Um, I grew to love, obviously. And, and, but it like, it kind of flipped there where it was like, oh man, like I'm destroying this place. And then, um, and then I was, it, it was basically a badge of honor, right? If no one else has done right. it, and there's something there. <laughs> Maybe, or not, I have no idea. And, Another one is my very first senior nationals championship. Um, I'm not going to say the age or the year, but if anyone wants to write that in, that's great. And it was at Stanford, and <laughs> which is already bad enough, because Stanford doesn't have one in a while. <laughs> and, um, and Stanford did this thing where because the hammer ring is so close, or in their opinion, is so close to the track, the left side door was always like, it was the place where the left side door was pretty much all the way in. And I ended up hitting, I don't remember which throw it was, but I hit that door and then the hammer landed in the sector. And, uh, at, and then it measures at 1.38 meters. So this is my very first senior nationals and I just threw like, I don't know, five feet or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's it's another thing where and I walk out the back because it's like you know you hit a thing you're young it's your first senior nationals I just assumed it was a foul but it's not you know and it, and it shouldn't be but um I should have walked out the front and I tried to tell the judge I was like what are you doing like foul that and he's like you walked out the back <laughs> so and I and I remember the feeling come over me it was like I'm about to get angry and then I see my name like you know Kibway Johnson or Johnson Kibway again <laughs> 1.38 years and it was like no that's funny okay <laughs> oh that's that's all somewhere in the record books or somewhere in the archives there's that there's that throw tag tag to your name that's if anyone has that video i still i have never seen it it would be great yeah we'll, we'll ask around if, if anybody's got that video <laughs> All right, man. I got I got these like I got a couple more questions. So last uh, one, one of them is like you got hid hidden talents. Like, are you a singer? Like you, like like hidden talents? Are you an artist? Like anything like that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Hammer was it? No. Is it? 
All right, man. Well, I, I got these, like, I call these favorites. Um, and we rapid fire these ones, but uh, favorite animal? Well, the first thing that came to mind was Tiger. Let's say Tiger. Okay. Um, you got a favorite song? Like, did you have one, like, you know, that kind of inspired you as you were training? Like, maybe a, or a favorite kind of uh, genre? Favorite artist is Outcast. Nice. Uh, All time favorite movie? Movies that come to mind right now, um, Gladiator, Interstellar, Last of the Mohicans. Nice. Yeah. Well, The Matrix. The Matrix is, my, is probably all-time favorite, especially as a series. Super yeah. Being another one. The Matrix was good, man. Um, are, you, are you bidding any Netflix shows right now? <clears throat> um, I just started The Revolution. Uh, watch Queen's Gambit with the wife. That was really good. Okay. There's one I'm missing though that I think I really, really enjoyed, and, and for some reason I'm feeling right now. But yeah, there's, uh, there's a few on there I like. Yeah. Uh, favorite candy? Yeah, I don't know. Minims. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. The original. You yeah. know? Nice. Um, kind of favorite kind of snack food you guys snack food you like? Um, salty chips, crinkle cut maybe, or just like kettle cook. There you go. Uh, ice cream flavor. Mint chocolate chip. Uh, favorite Starbucks drink? Hmm, flat white or um, just a regular Americano. A lot of people have mentioned the flat white. I've never had it. I've never had that. Yeah. First time I had it was in New Zealand and this dude was like, whoa, you never had a flat white before? I'm like, <laughs> no, is it delicious? <laughs> it totally is. That's awesome. Um, favorite sports to watch other than track or, like, or teams you follow? Football. Georgia Bulldogs football, San Francisco 49ers. All right. <laughs> and then um, – if you weren't a thrower, uh, what would you want to be? Like, what, what, what kind of profession would you have? Um, if throwing didn't take my attention away, I would have yeah. been NFL for maybe six, seven years. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if not that, like, I probably would have stayed the course of uh, being a lawyer. I, there was a number of years there before sport kind of took hold where, like, that was what I was going to do. Nice. Yeah, that's, 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 that's awesome, man. Um, and then lastly, I just want to give you a chance to like give some shout outs. Like if you want to shout out anybody, you know, um, just give you this opportunity to, I mean, cause if you, you know, some people are like, I'm going to podcast and everybody's like, yo, give me a shout out. Oh, really? Mm, I don't know if anyone's ever said that. So maybe <laughs> I'm not cool enough. Uh, so I'll shout out the, the wife. She's Conscious Queen on Instagram. I'll shout out uh, myself, Martillo Kibway on Twitter. Everyone follow me on Twitter. And um, I'm kind of starting to do like more things. I'm putting one, two, maybe even three courses together, kind of doing it all at the same time, which is probably why it's taking so long. Um, but it's it's like it's some throw stuff. It's like some mindset stuff that I talk about, but I haven't really like gone deep into um 
and I'm using Twitter a bit more to really expand on those things. So those are all places to find me. Follow me. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really open to having conversations with like friends or just people who just want to talk. Um, it doesn't happen that often. It's kind of interesting, and I try to be like as open book as as possible. But so you know, for instance, like with my high school kids, like they would they would get questions all the time, either like about me or how was it to train with me or like specific questions about like our programming or stuff. And then they would be like, well, just ask them. And like, I'd never yeah. get it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I want to be, I want to be like, open to those little things are possible. Well, let me, let me reframe this. I am open for that. So it's just a matter of like, yeah, being engaged. But, yeah, for sure. Well, hey, thanks, Kibway, for, for coming on. I appreciate your time. For those of you, again, like you who have not uh, are following him, find, you can find him on Instagram. Uh, you can look him, look for him at Martillo Kibway. So M-A-R-T-I-L-L, right? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, K-I-B-W-E. Sorry. Like, I, I messed that one up. But, yeah, find him on Instagram. Give him a follow, check him out. Uh, like you said, like, you know, shoot him a message, you know, he'll interact with you and talk to you. Uh, but one of, one of my uh, all-time favorite follows for sure, just, you know, you enjoy the things, um, you know, mentally that he, he puts out there um, and, and just enjoy what he has to say about, you know, the hammer and all that to be said. But anyway, man, I wish you the best as you continue to, uh, if train or whatever you do and uh, just continue to, to follow you and see, you know, your life as far as like what you do, you know, as, as a family and all those things and support you in a way all, all the way over here. And uh, yeah, man, you're, you're just, you're, you're awesome, man. I'm like, I'm like awestruck and everything like that, man. Cause you're, 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 it's so cool to talk to you. So I appreciate your time. Yeah, cool, man. Um, thank you for having me.